Ladies and gentlemen, goobers and ghouls, dear listeners, welcome back to Fear Boners. presented by the Down in Front podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and I'm here tonight with two witches straight from Salem. I know I always use that to introduce you guys, and I know that neither of you are actually from Salem, but we do have our returning guests, our very favorite Maddox and Chrissy here in the house. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Can't complain. Maddox, how about you? Doing great. All right, and we got uh, a silent contributor here uh, in the studio. We have Dahlia, the hound dog, who's going to have some insightful commentary about the movies we're going to be talking about tonight. It is a very special night indeed, because we are going to be talking about Suspiria, both the original and the remake, and we will get into that, and we'll talk about you know our impressions of both movies, whether we'd seen them before, and, and kind of just riff on that for a while in just a bit but before we get into that i'd just like to talk about you know traditionally what we're drinking and what we've been watching so let's start over here on our left this is an auditory <laughs> medium so nobody's going to know that i'm pointing but chrissy uh what, what have you got over there um i have <laughs> <laughs> you see how i did that i got you first so i didn't have to, so, admit to yeah you it. don't have to take responsibility <laughs> I... okay so i was banking on you telling everybody what you were drinking first <laughs> But I have to say that Abbott and I are both drinking Bud Light it's Lime true. right now. True. <laughs> I don't know why. I have no explanation. I have nothing else to say about it. This is just what's happening. It's part of some arcane ritual. I, you know, it just, it's like college all over again. There it's you fine. go. You drink it and it helps you dance better. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what I've been watching. I just finished Russian Doll. On Ooh, Netflix. Okay. Have either of you seen it? I've seen the first couple. Yes, in the yeah, first two episodes. A few people have recommended it to me. I like the first couple episodes a lot. It's cool. I feel like it would have been better as just like if it kind of condensed the whole thing and it was just like a movie. Yeah. Or something. I don't think it needs to be stretched out quite as much as it is. And it's not something you want to watch a little bit of and like then go back to necessarily like I feel like it's better received if it if you just experience it from beginning to end so I think that would have made it better but the concept is cool I just the only thing that kind of throws me off is that I feel like you have a bunch of movies like that kind of Groundhog Day vibe. Yeah, it was a Groundhog Day vibe, but it also, like, Happy Death Day just came out, and another one is coming out, and it's basically the same exact premise as that, except it's, like, not as kitschy as Happy Death Day. Like, it's got a much more serious tone, but... Yeah, I think it's just weird timing. I'm not saying don't watch it. It's pretty pretty good. It sucked me in, but 
I don't know if it lived up to like all of the rave reviews what that I've heard about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I remember liking, like, the writing seemed real quick. Like, it was pretty funny, but then as I eased into the second episode, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to get... Like, does it get more serious? Like, is it kind of, like, more of a dramatic... Yes. Or, but it stays kind of funny, too? I mean, the characters are just very witty. Yeah. Like, the situation never gets light and funny, but, like, yeah. the characters are funny people okay so you have that going for you but yeah i would say plot wise it definitely gets a lot more psychological and dark and the but the ending is surprisingly uplifting okay i'll say that but i also did have to go do a lot of reading after i finished it to because i was like what just happened yeah so I didn't even appreciate the ending so much until, like, after I had read about it for, like, a half hour. Which I don't know if that was the goal, <laughs> that, like, you know, what they were going for. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting watch. I think everybody in it was really, really good. I do really like the actress. Yes. And I feel like this is the first time she's gotten, like, the lead role. I feel like she's usually the sarcastic, dry-witted best friend. Yeah, she's, um, like, a character actor, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, she's, she's really great when she does take the lead. I actually, when one of my friends at work recommended the show, I shot back with, and I think I recommended it to one of you guys at one point, but she had a movie come out last year or the year before called Anti-Birth where she basically goes to some crazy rager in a warehouse and, like, gets so drunk that she passes out and wakes up the next day and she's just full pregnant, ready to pop. Oh, my God. And she God. has no idea what happened. I don't it think you told me about It winds that. up being this, like, cra- it's, like, crazy, over-the-top, gory, gross-out, and she's full-on the lead. It gets yeah. insane. And the end of the movie is just bonkers. <laughs> Yeah, so, I think like, you told me about that, but like, I can't, like, pregnancy and childbirth yeah, freaks you wouldn't, me out, you wouldn't, so I've just been That's, like, yep. like, worst case scenario. That <laughs> it's pretty much, much, if that stuff, yeah, if that yeah. stuff gets you, that movie would definitely be a little too much. I would but, die. Yeah, there's some good belly button scenes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maddox hates belly buttons for context. They're <laughs> really gross. <laughs> well, if you like a good gross belly button movie, watch Anti-Birth. Or if you don't want that, but you enjoy that actress, you can see Russian Dolls. Yeah, there aren't very many <laughs> belly buttons, from what I can remember, so I think you're good. Well, so that's, so the the one thing that, that my friend had also said was, she recommended, the show is Russian Dolls, right? I don't know if it's plural or not now. That's that the I... thing that always confused, because there is another show that's called Russian Dolls that's about, I think, escorts, and it's uh... either a documentary or it's like a, a show about it. And yeah. then the other show that we're talking about is the one that's Russian Doll, where the girl keeps dying and coming back to her birthday. Right. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. I guess it's important to... Yeah. <laughs> but so. Russian Doll is the one that just pops up on the main screen yeah. every time you turn on Netflix. Because it's yeah, it's not... yeah. Netflix is currently pushing it really hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, as we go around, I am also enjoying a uh, <laughs> Bud Light Lime. Just wanted to go with something a little bit lighter. And limeier. And limeier. Uh, I felt like I had a little bit of scurvy coming on, so I thought this <laughs> might help with that. As for what I'm watching, I was mentioning it to you guys before we started recording, but I just watched Don't Knock Twice, which is apparently also recently added to Netflix, if I remember correctly. It's pretty good. It's an interesting, similar to a movie that I reviewed on the podcast recently called Witch in the Window. It's another witchy one where basically, instead of father and son, it's mother and daughter, but they're estranged. And they basically wind up getting time to bond over this weird urban legend where this creepy old woman lives in a house and you're not supposed to knock twice on her door. But of course the girl does. And wacky weirdness ensues. 
And it's actually, there's some definite creepy moments where some of the shots are really great. Like she's wandering through a dark house and then you see the old lady or you see like this other shape that you're not quite sure but you find out later is this bizarre demon. They think it's the Baba Yaga for a while. Some of the things that are supposed to be twisty aren't really, as soon as the idea is broached in the plot of the movie, you're like, oh, this person's gonna be a bad person. Or like the person gets a necklace in the beginning of the movie and Mm -hmm. it's just random, but they really stress that scene and you're like, oh, this is gonna come back at the end of the movie. You just know it's either gonna save the day or it's gonna be significant in some sort of way. But the the jump scares are pretty good. Not really jumpy, but it ratchets up the tension pretty well. But some of the effects are sort of hammy. But other than what you were saying where Russian Dolls ends on like kind of a bright note, this movie actually has a pretty dark ending. Like you think it's going to be okay, but it's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Does it make sense? Like does the ending, do you feel like it ties it up? Because Because I feel like that can be a problem. Yeah, because they kind of, I think it's only like an hour and a half long. It's like your standard horror movie, but they try to make this really in-depth, twisty-turny mystery at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because there's this other, like this, the side story of these disappearing kids. And first you think it's the old lady, then you think it's the witch, then you think it's the demon, then you think it's this other person. And then it comes back around and they shake it up a bit. And at the end you're like, oh shit, this is what it was the whole time. And that that's pretty good. It throws you off its trail a few times with context clues and things like that, but... Then the twist at the end, you're just like, shit, all right, well, that's a bummer. (laughs) But as far as standard Hollywood horror movies go, it's actually pretty good. So if you got Netflix, you can watch. Not The Witch in the Window. Don't knock. (laughs) Don't knock twice. Yes, I got confused. Because they are fairly similar. But yeah, if you liked one, then I'd recommend the other. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. I'm the only one not drinking Bud Light wine. <laughs> You're doing a great is, job. It's gross. I don't even know what I'm drinking, though, because I picked this up last week. Uh, I am drinking Exhibit A's 15, which is a double IPA. Do you have to drink 15 of them? I will probably die if I drink 15 double IPAs. <laughs> and kind of complete opposite, watch-wise, what you guys have been watching. I told you earlier, I finished season two of The Dragon Prince today. Ooh. So I was a huge fan of The Avatar. So I started watching this when season one came out, and it's... I don't watch a ton of animated stuff, and I definitely don't watch a lot of kids' animated stuff. It was really just the Avatar that, like, sucked me in. Mm -hmm. So I gave this one a chance, and I love dragons, so I was like, alright, this this works. Like, I was sort of iffy on season one. Like, by the end, I was like, alright, I really enjoy this, but season two was really good. So if you're looking for a good animated show with a good story the dragon prince is pretty good i don't think it's quite at the level of avatar yet but i also recently started rewatching the avatar and season one is pretty cheesy yeah (laughs) i think i told you around the holidays i managed to snag that on blu-ray so i've been watching that for the first time ever and it's really good like the animation's really solid and like i am enjoying the first season but it is taking me a while like it's not that one that i could like power through a bunch of episodes The, at once. The story picks up, I think, a lot more like towards the end of the second season. And now what's the other one? Legend of Korra is like the follow-up. Yeah. I ended up liking that one. I hated it after the first couple episodes, but then it it grew on me. It's very different from Avatar and Dragon Prince. I think in part because they're teenagers and it's like really angsty and all <laughs> that. But what has been cool is the level of progression of the diversity of characters in the show. Mm. You have some of that in Korra, but in, like, The Dragon Prince, there's, like, a bunch of characters that aren't white. Because they're dragons. Because they're dragons. <laughs> so there's a bunch of, like, not white dragons. One of the main characters is deaf, and so she does, like, sign language. Like, oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. Um, and what I enjoy is she'll have conversations with other characters, and they don't give you the subtitles for it. Because <laughs> they're basically like, 
fuck you. If you can read sign language, you're going to get the joke. But if you don't, then you're not going to get it. real quick. So I, like, I enjoy, like, the small stuff like that. And mm-hmm. one of the characters has parents who are, like, lesbians. And they don't, they don't make a thing out of it. You know, they're not like, oh, it's so weird that she has two moms. They literally just like, oh, yeah, you had two moms. They were awesome. And just move on. And yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, Legend of Korra was trying a bit too hard to, like address things address it and then this one is like we're just gonna make this the norm yeah Mm -hmm. and so like it it really like flows in the story and it makes it more interesting so yeah not horror related at all (laughs) but i'll probably be diving back into horror now that i'm done with it so what's cool like something from an animation perspective that i never thought about is having a character because you see a lot in like animated shows people because one of the things that's kind of a pain in the ass is actually animating people's lip movements. is like lip syncing the audio for the show itself. And so then not having that, but then having to do hands, right? Oh, is like, yeah. It's probably way harder. And that's what I wondered. Do you know, like, was it actual, like, ASL? Uh, I think I looked it up, and I think it is. Because, like, cool. people have, like, commented on, like, the, the jokes that she says. Yeah. Um, and they do a good job. Like, she still has her, like, body animation, like, her facial expressions, like, while she's signing, like, work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole thing, I, they, I think they just did a really good job handling it and the way that she communicates yeah, with cool. everyone else. And at no point does anyone in the series be criticize her or make fun of her for being deaf and using language. It's just part of the thing. And she's, like, a military leader in it, so she's also a super badass fighter. Okay. She's, like, cool. I'm hoping she got this love interest this season who's this other like elf <laughs> who's like also really cool I'm like oh okay season three they're gonna have little little love tryst going on it's gonna be like <laughs> I was gonna say Romeo and Juliet but they're both women so like Juliet and Juliet but badass <laughs> I don't know I'm very excited for season Hopefully three hopefully they out. don't both die at the end oh man I'll be so sad <laughs> yeah there was like one episode today that I was watching that was just the entire episode was just like emotionally draining. And I was like, "This is a kid show. Why am I crying in the first thirty seconds?" I just only cry through. during kids stuff for some reason. I don't know what that's. These kids are watching these things and they're developing their emotions as they watch them. While us, full fledged mature <laughs> adults, are like, "Oh my god!" Like shit got dark real yeah. fast and just stayed dark through the whole episode. And us, like. They would interlace it with, you know, a cute little dragon hopping around. And I was yeah. like, thanks, but I'm still... <laughs> just a mess. Still a mess. Hot mess right now. Well, that's... What I like I like that they're doing, like, sort of the Pixar approach in that it's obviously a show for kids, but it'll cater toward it because they know there's more, like, older crowd that will be watching it. Like, that's Netflix's newer Voltron was really good with that, and that wrapped up recently. I'd totally recommend that one if you haven't. I know we've talked about that before. Yeah. But I've been watching Young Justice, too, because uh, I had access to a DC Universe account, and that show is surprisingly, like, for a show that is sort of, like, beyond the Teen Titans crowd, but not obviously not an adult show, like, it does get very heavy, Yeah. and sometimes you'll get, like, four or five, like, really dark episodes in a row, and then you're like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Why are these kids dealing with these, like, really heavy topics, and they're all superheroes? But then that show, I don't want to shit on the animators, but sometimes the characters, when they're, like coordinated and doing whatever superheroes do they sync up over telepathic link and so none of them move their mouths when they talk they just have these thought conversations and i'm like hmm i get i bet that helps you get the episode done in half the time yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but it's cool like you don't think about it until like you actually are like wait a minute like that makes it way easier yeah well cool 
This isn't an animation podcast, Maddox. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. I just realized we were talking about it. I could talk about that for forever. But that's cool. But yeah, did we have anything else? Is there anything else exciting that you guys have been watching or like excited for before we get into the main event? Any other witchy goings on in either of your worlds? I mean, Riverdale. But we could have a whole separate <laughs> yeah, podcast we, we, we about that, so we shouldn't I'm so, I'm it. so, like, not even caught up. I'm not caught up on what? Riverdale, and I'm not caught up on um, Sabrina. I haven't even watched the Christmas Sabrina episode yet. What? Yeah. It's really important for, like, the rest of the... Well, they haven't released the rest yet. I'll do it when I... I'll consider that do it the next first... Christmas. Yeah, right, yeah right, exactly. Fine. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, um, did either of you guys get to see Anna and the Apocalypse? No. That one was really good, but that one, it just came out... You can buy it now, but I would say if you buy it now, don't watch it until next December because it's a great, depressing Christmas movie to watch around the holidays. Excellent. Yeah. Remind me if you can. Oh, I'll have a viewing. Definitely okay, a great, viewing. great. All right. And with that said, let's get into it. We're here to talk about Suspiria, the original from 1977, Dario Argento's classic, and the new one that was put out just this past year. Now, I was really excited for the new one, and I'd seen the original a couple times in college, but honestly, it had been years since I'd actually sat down and watched it. Like, when you guys came over, I had the DVD, but it was still wrapped, so I had to open it up. <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then it skipped. And then, yeah, the, the PlayStation ate the DVD anyway. But let's talk about that. Have you Had you guys seen the original before that night, or was that your first exposure to it? I had, but it had been a really long time, and I remembered... Like, nothing from it. I think in my brain, all of his movies just sort of blend together. Mm -hmm. And I remember bits and pieces of them, but that was it. Same. I was kind of having the same... Because I'd seen a lot of his movies, like Deep Red, Opera, and it's all sort of the same shit, just rearranged. But, like, Mm -hmm. the original Suspiria has its definite own unique look, but it's still just a movie about a bunch of girls getting killed, which is kind of his (laughs) His his bag. Yeah. What about, had you seen the original before, Chrissy? Technically, yes, but it was forever ago, and there was, like, a decent amount of alcohol involved. <laughs> so, watching it this time around did feel like the first time I was seeing it. Yeah. Like, the only thing I really had in my brain that I, like, remembered from it was just, like, oh, there's a lot of cool, like, red lighting in that. Like, yeah. and other than that, I... Plot-wise, I didn't know what was going to happen, so it was kind of like a fresh eyes <laughs> situation, I guess. Well, that's, yeah, like, the, the, the original is definitely, it has a crazy, insane, like, if you're going to remember anything, remember the crazy, insane lighting situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wallpaper situation. Right. It's like, just how whack, like, how bright the blood is, and, like, how wacky everything yeah. is. When we were watching the beginning of the movie, I think I remember saying, like, a lot of the shit that happens in the beginning of the movie, like the girl getting thrown through the skylight. I thought that was towards the end of the movie. I thought that was like part of the climax. So did I, yeah. So things in my head had been completely rearranged because for the most part, my overall like feeling of rewatching the movie was like, it gets really great in the beginning and then it just gets kind of boring. Yeah. It just kind of like draws on for way too long. But it's not even that long of a movie. It's still only like an hour and a half. It felt like a lot longer. (laughs) Yeah. But meanwhile, the new one's like, two and a half hours long almost three hours but now I know I asked you that night and I kind of want to talk about it again but did either of you have a background in dancing or like ballet or any sort of thing like that Uh, I think that's what we talked about like we both did ballet yeah like it was a thing that 
pretty much all people who are our age, like if you were a girl, like you did. You just did it. No questions asked. Yeah, it was very bizarre. You didn't have to have like an ounce of rhythm in your body. Like it was just what you did. And I did, I did, um, I did a lot of different dance classes, like all at once. I did tap too. And all of my friends did it also. Like I didn't really know anybody, any girls who weren't in dance. My mom made my little brother take dance. (laughs) That's a whole nother. (laughs) But yeah, it was just a thing. I, I think the idea is like, especially ballet, it's a very like disciplined Mm. art. And they think that you're going to become more like self-disciplined and like better behaved because this old lady is like yelling at you and smacking (laughs) you with a yardstick like once a week. I don't know, but but then everybody pretty much gets thrown out like around sixth grade when you get too fat for ballet. Like it goes like yeah. up to a point where it's like, all right, now we're gonna like serious. Is there are there like weight like me a complete like not not even novice? I have no idea. I never did ballet. <laughs> I'm a really good dancer, but that's because I was born with the rhythm. That's that's right. Um, so are there? Is it like? Is it like wrestling or is it like like martial arts? Are there weight classes of ballet? Is there lightweight and then like heavy duty? Like no, it's basically no. just like you are a twig or okay. you don't do ballet. Which now you like, just don't make the cut. Yeah. Well, because I can imagine yeah. like some of those moves, especially like it always ekes me out when I see them go up on their toes. I was like, if I did that, I would just crumble. Like I don't think I have the foot dexterity to like. Oh no, manage. their feet are completely fucked and bloody. Yeah. yeah. Like it's you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Like, there's no good way to do it. Yeah. I did not experience getting kicked out, because I kind of kicked myself out. <laughs> like... See, that's what I did with Boy Scouts. I was just like, fuck this. I didn't even technically quit, because that wasn't, like, a conversation my mom was willing to have at the time. But I got strep throat every Wednesday for a year when oh, I was man. 10. Like, magically, <laughs> I couldn't go to dance. And I think... Everybody just got sick of fighting, and that's how that went down. <laughs> and they were just like, Chrissy, Chrissy, do this. Do the pirouette. That's a ballet thing, right? And then you were like, okay, I'll go. No, I wouldn't no. go. Oh, I okay. faked sick, and everyone believed. I don't know what they thought was going yeah. on. They couldn't have believed me, but they just kind of like rolled their eyes, and they were like, okay, I guess you yeah. can go she home. She just became a leper. She has to be quarantined. I don't so. know. Only on this day for the period of dance classes, and then she's fine. It's magic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I should have thought of that. <laughs> I'm still shocked that it worked. Oh, that's what when I was in high school and we had like really intense gym gym class. I would always I had a, I never had the doctor's note excuse. I'd always just be like, oh, I have a really bad stomach ache. I'm gonna go sit in in the bathroom on a toilet in the stall for the length of this class. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like when you use a poop excuse, especially when you're in school, they're like, nobody wants to make this was an all-guys high school. So then they're like, you need to document it, you need to, <laughs> you need to measure it, you need to weigh it, you need to provide photo evidence that it occurred. <laughs> See, I would always use the period excuse. Like, uh, as long oh, as, yeah. As long as yeah. I was a male teacher and he'd be like, I really need a tampon, they would just be like... See, now, if I said that to the gym teacher, I really need a tampon, he'd be really confused, and I'd already be gone You'd by the time You'd still get away with it, though. Yeah. 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 That's not a conversation he wants to have. <laughs> yeah. I just need to... He's like, what? What's going on? I like, I just need to stop the bleeding. <laughs> Any more <Yeah>. questions? <laughs> Jesus. 
we're providing a lot of really good information about how to that get out went of gym clothes and dance. Man, we got it covered. We anyway. do. We need, to, we need to get this train back on the track. Okay. <laughs> so the original, both both movies sort of deal heavily with, and just to remind everyone, because it's been a while, we're talking about the films. <laughs> Uh, not talking about gym periods. <laughs> Tampons, none of that stuff. <laughs> Both movies are hev- heavily influenced by, you know, the occult and witchcraft and covens and stuff like this. Both of them take place in Berlin, which is interesting. But the, the funny thing that I noticed after rewatching the newer one is that it actually gets to take advantage of the fact that it's taking place in Berlin. Like, I don't think they actually set the time frame of the original. Like, you don't get, like, a no. year the original no. takes place. But it was made, the movie was produced in 1977. Meanwhile, the new one takes place in Berlin in 1977, which, Berlin 1977, there's a lot of really interesting shit going on. Like, the wall's mm-hmm. still there, and, like, they get into the aircraft hijacking, and that's, like, this whole side story. And it's really interesting. Do you guys think that the dichotomy of having a short and sweet weird confusing drug trip uh, original italian version versus the almost three hour long one that fits in all that other stuff like mm-hmm. what do you think are like the pluses and minuses of both versions i mean the vibe that i got especially after watching them back to back was that it seemed like the newer one so you watch the first one and it doesn't make complete sense you don't really have a sense of where you are, what year it is. Oh, we couldn't tell which girl was which. In the we couldn't tell which girl really was which. You just couldn't tell why she was there necessarily. Like, the characters didn't have much of a backstory. Mm. So it seemed like the new one was sort of meant to answer maybe all the questions that you had about <laughs> the first one. It, like, it was way too long but it filled in all of the holes the dude just pulled up the script and it was like swiss cheese and he's filling in the holes yeah 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 like it kind of answered all the questions that you might have about the first version of the movie i think yeah because i mean that's as you're saying that i remember like you get that whole big introduction to the main character susie Mm -hmm. bannon in the in the second one where you find out that she's from like a Quaker colony or like an something Amish like colony yeah. or like mom like the whole weird dynamic with her mom kind of hating her or thinking that she like you're not quite sure what's going on there yet but her mom thinks that she's some sort of like monster yeah I mean that's sort of slowly hinted at and built out throughout the movie through flashbacks and things none of that is in the first movie you just have Susie Bannon shows up wet in Germany and she wants to dance and right. suddenly yeah mm-hmm. And but for me, like, that still, like, annoyed me. Because I feel like in the second... It, well, in the second movie, they provide more of, like, a background. But it's like they try to do too many things. Like, they try to do the background of the character. Or they try to do the time period with, like, the wall being up. They mm-hmm. try to fill it more yeah. with heaven stuff. And it's like, this would have been so much better if you just picked one thing. Yeah. And be like, all right, this is what we're going to build out for this mm-hmm. movie. Because I felt like everything was sort of half-fast done. Like the main character's in background both or in, the, in the second in the, one, yeah. like they added so much more backstory and world building, but it still didn't make sense when you thought about it. So I was like, great, you guys just added an hour to this like runtime, and it still makes no sense to me for why this girl from middle of nowhere in the U.S. is like, I'm gonna go to this fucking dance school in. Berlin of all places mm-hmm. when they have all this shit going on I'm gonna go here and there's only like 20 students maybe yeah. 30 there yeah. so like this isn't a major dance 
place and we're making fun of their dance performances in the movie because it was like the shitty neighborhood dance place that yeah they people didn't are have a stage yeah so it's like, yeah so what, what wasn't ballet in the second movie there's like a few yeah, you get into true. like differences yeah. so like the original was definitely ballet. It was like mm-hmm. hard ballet. Yeah. The second one was like more of interpretive dance is what I would call it, kind yeah. of. Like very raw, like primal kind of weird herky-jerky. Which yeah. makes sense because they're all witches and so they, they're literally... They're making the ritual as they dance. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so like it makes sense. But well, it's towards the so... end of the movie when they're putting the gold tape on the ground. It's like, oh, it's just a big fucking pentagram. Yeah, yeah. right. The second <laughs> and also, one is... why is no one noticing yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> The second one is very much on the nose in that I was waiting. We were we were rewatching the original one, and I was like, "When are they going to start talking about like we've heard the guy from Goblin Key in the song? He says witch, and like mm-hmm. that's the only real clue you get to it because they don't even get to that until they introduce the character of the psychologist who is like a bigger character in the remake in the new yeah. one. Yeah, he's literally introduced three quarters of the way through the movie, and he just gives this he whole half it. hour long exposition part. He's like, oh yeah, everybody thought it was like an old coven and she was a witch and they did like crazy shit. And like, he just tells you all how it is. And then that's kind of like rolls into the creepy weird stuff that happens at the end of that movie. This movie, it's all just out there for you. Just right off the bat, pretty much, you know something weird's happening. Yeah, yeah. They show you them voting for who's going to lead the coven. They show you, like, the weird stuff where they abduct the detective and play with his dick. Like, they show yeah. you, like, <laughs> like, all the weird, creepy, witchy yeah. kind of stuff. And, like, you just know. Like, it's 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 all happening at the same time in parallel to, like, the mm-hmm, girl's story yeah. and the witch's story. Like, it's all kind of coming to a head. And I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that stuck out, for me at least, difference-wise, was that the original movie had dudes as well. Like, you see yeah. several dudes, uh, like, tucking plums in their, their <laughs> freaking ballet unitards. And in this one, there's no dudes. And you can yeah. tell that the witches kind of have that resentment for men, too, because especially when the cops show up, they, like, they really just fuck with them. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. That was my favorite part um, of the movie. But I thought that was, like, an interesting dynamic as well. Are there any other differences that you guys noticed that I might have missed? Oh, I mean, huge visual difference. Yeah. Huge. The lighting was, like, way different. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the lighting and, like, just the whole overall aesthetic of the first movie is the most important thing about it. Mm, So it's kind of strange to me that anybody would remake it in this, like, muted, wintry palette with, like... Yeah. The set was pretty bare bones you know I, I don't know I don't I'm assuming they did deliberately to like to just make it like yeah. separate but like they went too far I feel like like in too, the new one yeah like it was so drab and devoid of color that it had to be deliberate and the music yes, the music absolutely. was they also had... very muted because they got what's his face the guy from Tom York yeah. yeah yeah which I mean if you like Tom York then you'll love it if you're someone like me who just wants to jam stuff into their ears whenever Tom York sings, <laughs> be like, he only sings on one of the tracks. It's true. The other stuff is yeah. more like most of most of it. Like when he started singing on that first track in the beginning, I yeah. was like, oh fuck. I hope this. Do is I have to listen to him for two and a half? <laughs> I was like, can we put on subtitles and just turn down the music? But like, yeah, he doesn't sing throughout it, so it's not too bad. But. I think, yeah, I definitely, I agree, I like the crazy color palette and the crazy music of the first one, but I feel like they might have gone for the more muted tones and, like, the more stoic-ish music because of the vibe that they were trying to set, because now they're working with 1977 Berlin and how, like, Mm -hmm. kind of fucked up it was there, like, politically still at that time. But still, it doesn't really, like you guys were saying, it sort of still pushes that, like, extra stuff 
further in the movie that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Like it's taking all this real world stuff in a movie where, especially, we didn't mention it before, but spoilers, we are going to kind of spoil the movie if you haven't seen the new one. The last 20 minutes of the new one is fucking bonkers. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and like, and the CGI and the graphics are so bad. Right. Like, that was the was moment. Was there CGI? I guess it's not CGI. I guess they mostly just, like, speed up the... Oh, the way, yeah. the way that they, like, cut... Yeah, they yeah. do the frame rate slow... Yeah, that makes it look like it's a shot on someone's handy cam. Yeah. 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 It looked like shit. And I felt like that was, like, their one moment where they were really trying to do a nod to how the original one looked. Mm-hmm. But it looked awful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 2017, maybe, at the time. And, like, there's no reason that you can make that red. Like, I think everything went red at the end yeah, of the first one. Yeah, it was one. really hard yeah. to see because, like, there was so it was noisy. And, like, you could, they were doing light. They were kind of doing lighting things. Yeah. It was so saturated, you could barely see the silhouettes yeah. of people. I, I mean, there's just no reason why that looks better in 1977 <laughs> yeah. than it does now. Yeah. Like, how did you fuck this up? You have so much more technology. But we don't even see that in the, the original version. Like, in the original version, the end sort of wraps, like, does she, does she even see any sort of ritual? Not really. so. Um, she just sort of has that freak out at the end and leaves, and then the whole place bursts into flames yeah. as she's like running away, and that's like what we well, see. Well, I thought I thought that she went down the hallway and she saw them, and then that's when she gets freaked out and runs back, and she ends up in the room with the coven leader. She sees them doing something that freaks her oh, out. They yeah. were talking about she, killing she's her. In the, yeah, she's in the room with Mother Marcos. She's like so the in baby. the original. She's like invisible. Yeah. And then she's in there and she sees like her weird invisible silhouette and everything goes to hell after she stabs her with like right. scissors or something. Yeah. And then that's what causes the whole place to explode. Yeah, for for some reason the first one for me still needs some sort of diagram cuz like it doesn't Oh yeah, it still makes like, no sense. Yeah. No. But I would still argue that the second one makes no sense, and they added an hour fucking runtime to it. I so. feel like the second one makes more sense to me, just because it's like to me at least it felt like the witches were clearly using the young female dancers to basically siphon their youth, and they were trying to like because I feel like Mother Marcos at that point was supposed because they sort of hint in that one that they they've been around for like yeah. you can't tell how old the other one is. They're yeah. both played by the same woman because she's a crazy talented actress, but. She says, like, oh, yeah, you weren't here 40-some years ago. And you're like, how old are you supposed to be? And they're talking about the war, but you can't tell if they're talking about World War One or World War Two. And then yeah. it's like, okay, so... But I would still argue, like, this is the best idea you guys could come up with is to run this decrepit school to get 20 random people together. like. But they need cute, athletic girls to steal their youth from. It like, seemed like they were going... That Mother Marcos was going to take her body... No, is like that that's, what, I think that's what the or her, ritual like, was. I think that's what it was supposed to be, yeah. I think yeah. they were supposed to take their body. But I couldn't tell if, like, it sounded like only the coven leader got to do that and not the rest of the people in the coven. So I don't know if the rest of the people in the coven just yeah age normally, if they did spells to extend their life but not get a new body. Well, um, that's why there wasn't, for me, the part in the early-ish to mid movie and the new one where they're having the vote for Mother Marcos. It doesn't seem like there's that much at stake and like clearly Mother Marcos has been in charge for a longer time because by the time we see her at the end of the movie and she's just a pile of pig slop, it's like clearly <laughs> she needs... Growing out of yeah, her, she's got like, like a shoulder. baby kind of coming out of her yeah. side and she's really gross and like the, the costuming was great. Just in general the costuming in the movie I feel like was really good but yeah I don't feel like there was any 
Because the other mother didn't need it. She was still, she could yeah. still walk the streets and not be thought of as a witch or like seen as like a monster at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, this other one's hiding under the floorboards and having like weird orgasm moments with the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey. So Wait, is she from Fifty Shades of Grey? The girl who played yeah. Susie Van in really? the second one? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So now we talk really about... She just looked completely different because... The hair. I've like, never yeah. seen Fifty Shades of Grey. Have I you watched, seen it? I watched the CinemaSins for it. They really hate those <laughs> movies and it's great. Oh, I've really? never, I've never seen them, but I remember when I found my mom's copy of the book and she was really embarrassed when I was like, are you reading this? And she's like, where did you find it? <laughs> um... But yeah, I don't I don't have any interest to see those movies. She's a pretty decent actress. She was also recently in Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that movie. I did love that movie. Yeah, so she's got a lot going on. But yeah, this movie this movie has a lot going on. It's it's interesting, I mean, from a point of view like I love like the imagery. I think the second one ties together better than the first one, narratively at least. Yeah, yeah. Lies. <laughs> but Okay, so this is going to be a little bit off-topic from the movies, but if you guys weren't satisfied with the Suspiria films, what are your quintessential witchcraft occult movies? The Craft. I, yeah, I the, craft craft. Okay. the Craft The Craft. Ginger Snaps. Is that a witch one? I thought that was a werewolf one. I know, I can't remember. Maybe it is. It's been I so think long since I've seen it. She turns into a, her sister turn or one of them turns into a werewolf in that one. I thought there were witches in it too. Alright, I could be wrong. Maybe. I like the the witch. I did not like I the didn't witch. like I thought it was boring. Yeah. It's just like boring movies. I, I mean like from like a historical perspective, sure. it was kind of interesting. So I was like, this is literally what people like when people thought of witches, like that's yeah. literally what they thought. Yeah. But it was still boring and it was still weird <laughs> and yeah. That's the thing is, I just think I'm, in my old age, I think that I'm realizing that I'm starting to like boring-ass movies that just go bonkers in the last 20 minutes. I don't I love Hereditary, I love that. Suspiria, nope. I like nope. The Witch. Yeah, what about what about you, another? I or you mean, also vote for The Craft? I mean, I love The Craft. Yeah, it's funny, I think all of my favorite witch related media is from like <laughs> when I was a kid, so I like, I really love... Pocus Pocus. Yes. Yeah. And Sabrina the Teenager. Sabrina, yeah, Sabrina Charmed. Oh, I love man. Charmed. The new Charmed is really good. Is it? Yeah. I've only seen the first episode. You have to get like it takes a okay. while. Like after episode three, like alright, they they got their yeah. they got their thing. I I can't think of something that takes witches seriously off the top of my head that I really like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah movie wise, like for me. Like, there's plenty of video games and yeah. books that do Witches and The Witcher. Yeah, the design of The Witches yeah. and The Witcher were like, really cool. That is really cool and interesting. But movie-wise, I can't really think of any that are... The Witches? That one that they is made? It's great. I yeah. love. Yeah, I love that too, but that was they, they're right? goofy as yeah. hell. Like, yeah. all of The Witches I like are pretty goofy. Yeah. I guess. Um, I think my favorite movie, which is actually kind of going back to your recommendations, I really like the witch in Big Fish. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where you, like, look in her eyeball, her, like, glass eyeball, <laughs> and see how you die or whatever, and oh, all the man. little kids are, like, so interested. That's probably my favorite, my favorite one. It's a good one. But she's kind of, it's kind of goofy in a way, too. It's Tim Burton, and it's, yeah. like very over the top and the whole scenario of the kids trying to like daring each other to knock on her door is just more lighthearted. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's, there's like witches and then like I think of Drag Me to Hell, which is more of like yeah. a, like a demonic possession curse film, yeah. but like, I like the character of the, the cursed gypsy woman, like in that mm-hmm. movie, like she's a perfect witch to me, she's like ugly, but she, she wants to be nice, but she just wants to live in her life and have her house and do her shit, and like, yeah. she just gets denied a bank loan, and then it just goes off, it goes to like <laughs> fucking 11, and that movie's just insane, but like, yeah, I feel like there is a more goofy aspect to, to witches and witchery that, like, does need to, to be included to make a more successful witchcraft film to a degree. Because, like, I like Suspiria, but, like, again, all the stuff that they throw in there, just to make it even more dark and grim, they're like, the psychologist's wife was killed by Nazis. We are in Germany, aren't we? You can't be in Germany without talking yeah, about Nazis. Yeah, And that becomes, like, a whole thing. And then... I feel like that was kind of tacked on towards the end. Like it, that part was kind of cool though. That was like yeah. one of the like one of the creepy parts is when he has that moment with his wife and they're they're having this little romantic walk through the snow and then he's not even paying attention and doesn't realize that he's been brought back to the the ballet studio and then the two old ladies come out and they're like oh like that part is kind of creepy. The, but the two old ladies coming out being like oh like that kind of ruined the creepiness for me because I just thought it was funny. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't again, know if you've, if you've ever been properly. Oh, by old ladies that's true. Back. When that happens to me yeah. <laughs> I've ruined a perfectly all good pair of pants that way but I wish that they had not done I wish they had picked like one or two backstory elements of the remake one and focused on that they like, wanted everyone to have like a story yeah and yeah. I was like it's two and a half hours and everyone is getting like 30% of the story mm-hmm. that they should be getting yeah. and so you're just making me have more questions about all of these people well, that's. I was super excited for Chloe Grace Moretz to be in the movie because I love her, and she's been in a bunch she's of. She's gone. Yeah. After the first five minutes, she has minutes. like that great opening scene, and then she's just gone until the end when she's like naked and dead, and it's just like weird and kind of like she doesn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you with less backstory for everyone, just on the basis that that movie was way too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was excited to sit through it again. Like, we did notice a few things. Like, you, one of you guys spotted that the psychologist's wife was Susie Bannon from the original. That was really cool. I didn't notice that. But yeah. you can definitely see it in her face. And I, I realized that, again, Chloe Grace Moretz, she can basically, at this point, make her career on horror movie remakes. Because she's been in Let Me In, which is a remake of that sweet, Swedish Let the, Let the Right One In. Let the Right One yeah. In, but I can't yeah. remember. I think it's, it's Swedish. Yeah. She did Carrie. And then now she's doing this one. And I think they're all good in their own right, considering that our remakes are usually garbage. But yeah, for as far as a remake goes, I feel like it's different enough that we probably shouldn't even call it a remake. Do you guys think it's like a proper remake or do you think it's kind of its own thing, the new Suspiria? Well, so this is where my fun facts Ooh, come in. Oh, yes. Start breaking out the Everyone, notes. Everyone, I have notes because I read <laughs> both Wikipedia pages. So everything I'm saying might be true. So, getting my notes. Shuffling all the yeah. notes to make sure. <laughs> they're actually shuffling here. My it's papers? an audio medium. No, they, I did read something about how the director of the new movie said that this movie was an homage and not a remake. That's what he said, okay. at least. But I don't know if that was just him backpedaling <laughs> after the fact or, you know, what the deal was, but... Yeah, like... Well, I heard Argento was very unhappy with the new one. Yes, I read that, yeah. too. So... That might have been a response to that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I need to... Yeah, I'm not sure what the timeline on all these statements are yeah. necessarily. But I also think that, like, how is it an homage if 
you are using the same exact storyline and you just expanded it. Like that's... It, I don't even know. Like I don't even know if I would call it even the same exact. Like it's almost like there's a. If you're taking the really basic elements of it, it's a bunch of girls who go to a dance school that's run by witches, and that's same in both of them. It's set in the same place. You still have the American girl who ends up there as like the main character. Like and her name is the same. Yeah. I think all the characters' names are the same. Yeah, changing it from, like, yeah, ish. ballet to interpretive dance doesn't make it different enough. No. I, I think there's just a final, yeah, like, so it is definitely, like, the same-ish movie. I feel, like, what I'm saying is I feel like it's different enough to be its own thing, like, homage or not. I feel like taking that way of saying Girls at a Dance Academy that winds up being a witch coven is essentially the same movie as if, like, if we said that X-Men and Harry Potter were the same movie. You take people. Those are fights. What? <laughs> are you kidding me? You what? You just take no. kids with special abilities and put them in a school. There's a difference between sh- X Men and magic. Like no. There's a difference between no. ballet and interpretive dance. You don't even do ballet. I did so much ballet. No, you didn't. just in your own time. <laughs> yeah, pri- I did private ballet. <laughs> so no. yes, yeah, uh, sorry to interrupt your notes. No, I mean, that was the... I have other notes. That was the only note I have about that. Yeah, he said it was an homage. I don't really... I don't really buy that. I think it was a little damage control that he was mm. trying to do after the bad Sorry, I've upset the maestro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I just feel like if you were going to do an homage to Suspiria, you would do a totally different movie. Maybe I'm just stuck on the visual aspect of it, but... You would do a totally different movie with a different plot that yeah. is like aesthetically similar yeah. to Suspiria. If that's that's what I would do, that's what <laughs> I'm gonna do in my. So okay, so girls in a dance academy that's also a coven, but it takes place in Brooklyn, and it's about like stomp the yard style dancing, and it's more like no, urban no, and... <laughs> no, like Americanized. Uh, that would have been more interesting than the remake. It would <laughs> It would be good, that. but no, like completely different story. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a full-on horror movie. It could it could be anything. Yeah, cuz the original wasn't really a full-on horror movie. It, I mean, probably at the time it was, but yeah. like we watch it and it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Like yeah, that's the kind of movie you just like smoke a little weed and you now like and... i thinking about the first movie like i can't even remember why was that one dude murdering the students in the beginning i don't even remember the reason for that so in the beginning oh, i forgot about that yeah remember the, and then like, the oh, dude I that. <laughs> well yeah the first one has like weird like storylines like the blind guy who plays the piano who has the dog that kills him like that never really comes but like they they bewitch the dog to eat him somehow yeah. I guess. That's, like, a really That's interesting scene. That's the vibe scene. that I got, yeah. Yeah. Which I actually thought that was cool and, like, one of, like, the creepy parts of the movie. But. Yeah. But they take out the blind piano player and they replace him with the, the, the big statuesque black woman who just plays tapes on a boombox. Oh, and, this, and there was... Like, yeah. yeah and like, she she's, was, like... Well, the, and she was one of the witches, too. Yeah. So, like, yeah. she wasn't even, like, there was no outside employees well, in the remake versus the first one. That's the thing that I couldn't really figure out for the most part, in the in the first one, it's very obvious that most of the girls, or most of the people in the academy, aren't really aware of what's going on when it comes to the witches. But by the end of the second one, like the new one, it just seems like everybody's in on it. I thought they were all bewitched. Yeah, I, I it was unclear They were to all me. under a spell of some kind. Yeah. 
that's what it kind of seemed like. At, I could see that, yeah. When they, because when they all go out to dinner, like all the witches make uncomfortably long eye contact with all of their students. Yeah. So I thought it was implied that they did something during that dinner. And they were all of a sudden like wasted. Yeah. Seemingly wasted. I didn't think about that though. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But then they're all sort of like uncomfortably close and you can't really tell what's going on. Like the only Susie Bannon addresses it at that one point when suddenly they start talking French. Like, and you notice the subtitles start changing colors between when they're speaking German oh, yeah, and French. Jump. Yeah. Because then they decide to speak French, which is a romance language, and then they're in love or something, and that's kind of addressed at one point. I also thought it was that Susie was Pan that? was able to pick up so many languages so quickly. I knew there was something weird. Like, the <laughs> yeah. first time I watched it, I was like, there's something weird about this girl. And then at the end, spoilers again, you find out she's she's the embodiment of Mother Suspirium. Yeah, but they never made it clear if she always was. Right. Or if... She so was somewhat how... thing was in her body. Well, that's what I'm assuming ties back to the the mother being like she's my what she's she says she's my oh she's my smear on the world. Yeah. So she yeah. keeps talking about her like she's some sort of monster. Like the mom knew that there was something wrong with her, so maybe she was always possessed or always kind of yeah. Which to potential me, to be corrupted. Just, yeah, I guess maybe it was the potential, but I'm like it wouldn't make sense for the entire time for this super powerful demon thing just to be chilling in this Quaking girl, with the like, growing up the middle. Like, what is it doing for 20 fucking years? Right. It's like, all right, this is cool. We're going to go milk a goat. Sweet. Like, that doesn't make no. any sense. And yeah. her reaction to all the things wouldn't have made sense. So yeah. I'm assuming that for undisclosed reasons, she becomes the vessel for this being afterwards and is going Forward? Like, I'm assuming that she doesn't go back to being, like, normal Susie afterwards. Mm, so no. it was like, yeah. did she just lose her soul? Like, But it could be something, because then you, the, the other mother talks a few times about how she's communicating, or, like, feeding her ideas through her dreams. And there's those weird montages of, like, yeah. the creepy music video, kind of Nine Inch Nails shit that flashes through her dreams, and, like, she, yeah. she constantly wakes up screaming, and... I thought that was because they're getting her ready to be the vessel for the other. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because oh, okay. they were saying like that's what drove the other one insane. Yeah. yeah. Is like doing for some reason they had to do the weird music video nightmare thing. And right. That drove the. They're other like one grooming insane. her. Yeah. I mean, is there a possibility that so, Susie's mother, is obviously very religious. Hmm. And it seems like maybe it doesn't take much for her to think that her daughter is a smear on the world. So maybe Susie is just kind of innately rebellious and easily influenced. And that's what makes her mother think that she's a smear on the world and then makes her like a good vessel for this thing because she's just kind of like impressionable and doesn't really have her own moral compass if that makes sense yeah so she's yeah she's kind of like the first season of breaking amish basically she's just yeah. kind of like she goes berlin is the big city and she goes and she's just like i'm gonna do whatever i want right mom's dead whatever i can do whatever i want right right like yeah. i don't know well because there's that other weird scene because like the, the flashbacks are dealt with like they're peppered throughout and they're like kind of only there to like remind you of kind of what's going on and there's that one part where it's implied that she got caught masturbating in the closet that one time mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of weird yeah like there's a lot of weird moments like that where it's like that's what i appreciate about this movie is that it implies a lot of things 
like heavily implies a lot of things, but then there's stuff like that where it's it's not in your face. It very much could have been it very much could have been more graphic, but it it wasn't. So at least it did that. But then towards the end, where it's just like oh whatever, just explode a bunch of heads and. Uh, yeah, I still I still stand by my thing of like yeah, you presented us with a lot of backstory, but it still doesn't make sense. Oh no, yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying it makes sense. Yeah. I'm saying there's more narrative there to fill in holes, but, like, the holes are still there. The holes made me angrier. There's just more holes. Angry holes. Like, they took a character <laughs> who was who was literally, like, the exposition guy in the first one, and then he's, like, one of the main characters in this movie. Essentially, the psychologist. Oh, yeah. right, because yeah. they, they introduce him in the very beginning. And he has his own, like, whole thing going on. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And he's pretty much... No, there's the detectives. I was like, he's the only man in the movie, but there's a few other men. Yeah, I don't know. I like both movies. I do like the new one better, but I don't know. I know this, the original was part of, Dario Argento had a, a trilogy of movies that he called the the Three Mothers trilogy because I guess the, the idea of Mother Suspirium and Mother... Uh, the other two. two the other mother two. Three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mother one and um, two. Comes back, and I don't think I've seen any of those other, like the original movies, the other ones that are in that trilogy, but do you guys think they would remake those two too do you think it would make any sense to do that do you, could you see this movie connecting to another movie in any way like would you follow the continuing adventures of 50 shades of suspirium <laughs> i think that i would just because i have a lot of questions i don't think that they'll actually do it because i think when the person who originally made the movie tells you that you suck, you're probably going <laughs> to stop, I yeah. would think. So I, I can't see anybody wanting to take that on. Well, that's like, I don't think, they probably wouldn't have the same director. I don't think it would be, I think it would probably be different because I was surprised to find out that this, the new one was an Amazon production. So it was done under like the Amazon yeah. studio, yeah. Bannerhead and what have you. So I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon's like, hey, let's just remake these other two movies. I can't even remember which ones they were because I've only seen Opera is the only one I remember. Opera, I don't Deep Red. Think that's part of the no. trilogy. These movies were so weird. I remember yeah, there was one that literally weird. ends, and it might be—is it Opera that ends on like a lizard on a blade of grass, and it might sits there for like one? almost five minutes just watching the lizard get oh, blown off the blade of grass? It's such yeah. a weird, and that's just it. You don't know what happens. It's implied that maybe the girl dies, but it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I think the only way these movies could be cool is if they were made into a series, which Amazon could do. Yeah. And that could be interesting if they if they really did more homage or lighter interpretation of them and like mix them together. It's so, like you have the weird fucking ballet school run by witches, you have the weird fucking opera thing going on. Like you literally have. Oh, so it's like, like a Castle Rock type situation. Oh, they make like a Dario like, Argento <laughs> yeah. universe show. Literally, that would like, be cool. Mix up like yeah, all of his different really cool. movies and just be like, man, this town is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know? I, I could get down with that. Yeah, like because yeah. they're already weird in general. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that the, to me that would be the only thing that could be cool is if they did that a TV be cool. series and just <laughs> embrace the weirdness of it all. Embrace the weirdness of ballet witches. I mean, here's a question. Mm. I'm sure you guys kind of went into this the same way I did. I think, you know, we all kind of felt like when we watched the original this last time, it was kind of like the first time. We didn't have enough memory of it. Yeah. And I'm sure you also know a lot of people who just live and die by this movie. Like, it's such a beloved cult hit that... 
Oh, yeah. I mean, in yes. college when it was introduced to me, everybody's like, oh, it's so, it's so right. weird. And like, yeah. Right. And that said, do you feel like it deserves that distinction? And what do you think it is about it? If You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like when I was watching it, I was sort of like, oh, so this is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I could see, because it's, it's, again, it's Dario Argento, and he made a lot of movies that were very similar, but mm-hmm. Suspiria is definitely probably the best of his very similar movies. Mm-hmm. And of that era of movies that were made in, like, the 70s, 80s, a lot of people were influenced by his work when he played right. with, like, light and, like, yeah. setting yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that a lot of people looked at kind of feigning elegance, but also very trashy. But the execution of it is actually really sophisticated and that the lighting's really cool and like even yeah. though it's corny looking it's still really well done the dubbing is really bad the sound oh, work is so really bad. strange like sometimes you sometimes you can tell they recorded in the same space sometimes you can tell they redubbed it later on in like a completely different sound atmosphere but then all the sets were incredible like all the different yeah all the different like we were joking around about the wallpaper earlier but really like every room in that movie is just crazy mm-hmm. so i think it definitely has its praise it's definitely worthy of that and the music's incredible but yeah that band has come to town a couple of times and actually performed the entire score live while the movie plays and i can't remember if they did it either at the somerville theater or the coolidge I can't remember where they did it, but that I would totally be down to, like, see or, like, yeah. experience that sort of thing, even though I feel like I'm fine to not watch the original Suspiria for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> like, the second one I was excited to watch again, even though I'd seen it, like, the week before. Like, I yeah. watched it, told you guys I wanted to do this episode, and then I was, like, perfectly fine to watch it again. Usually, if I watch a movie like that that's almost three hours long, it's going to be a year before I want to watch it again. But I did really enjoy watching it again. I could watch it again right now. Like, I really like the movie. Like, it's not my top ten favorite Mm -hmm. movie, but, like, I thought I was really happy with it. Um, I think there's a place for both. But I think, yeah, I think it only gets that praise because of the time. He was one of the dudes in that giallo, the Italian horror genre to, like, really step forward and kind of make it his own and, like, make his different. Mm-hmm. And then other people started to try to do that with like other movies. Yeah. I guess my question for the original would be, and this can be applied to other movies I'm not thinking of, is what made the original Suspiria so interesting Like, was the lighting and the set design yeah. and all that. The lighting in some of the scenes, even if it was like a you know, five second scene of her on the cab right in the beginning, was like insane. Really cool. Really yeah. like, And... I mean, probably ha- easily half the people who watch this movie don't even notice it, but the people who know anything about lighting are like, oh mm-hmm. my god, that, that is phenomenal. But, yeah. like, all that said, the plot is terrible. The characters are all boring and terrible. So is there is there any reason to remake movies where what made them so interesting and special was that particular director's lighting and aesthetics and set design and the fact that it had never been done before yeah because like now if you remake it like you're just copying what another artist did yeah right and there's better stories to be retold or you could tell them in a more interesting way to the point where like it's not really a remake it's it's its own yeah yeah. that's i feel like looking at it that way i feel like the original is a movie that has some sort of narrative but really when you break it down it's just sort of punctuated by all these really cool looking moments or like really well executed like the the scene where she drops out of the 
the the skylight and yeah. then the other yeah. girl gets killed by the shattered glass. It's really elegant and creepy and weird and super 80s, 70s, 80s. The vibe is like perfect, but then it's like, okay, well, we don't really care about anything until like something like that happens again. The only reason people sat in the theater was to, through all the boring parts, was like, we know somebody else is going to get killed. We know something mm-hmm. else creepy is going to happen. So I feel like then this guy or whoever decided to remake it was like, okay, well, let's just make a movie where it's a lot of stuff. You don't have to wait between punctuated moments in the movie. Like, it's just, you're going to constantly have to keep track of, like, characters, what's happening. Yeah. Like, the the political environment at the time. There's like so much, Like, yeah. all these different things that you can't tell, like, half of which don't even matter. Yeah, I feel like the original didn't have enough in it, and the, fir- the new one has way too much in it. And both of them still kind of suffer from the same, like what actually happened what are we actually yeah why yeah. did we watch this what's actually happening but yeah does that answer your question yeah yeah it's just like <laughs> it's a lot of build-up you know it's yeah. um if you're a person who's into horror and you have friends who are into horror and you happen to like just sleep on one classic in particular it's like it's years of build-up mm. you know so <laughs> some i i think maybe that's part of why I and maybe Maddox received it the way that we did because it's like years and years of people (laughs) being like this is one of my favorite movies so given that I thought that I would like it more than I did it has its merits like you guys have been saying like it's visually incredible but I think it's it's definitely the type of movie that I don't think you can just bring anybody to see it and they're going to be into it. I think yeah. you have to be a hardcore horror fan and you have to know why it's important in the larger context of horror or you have to be into photography or video or design yeah. or something like that so that all of the visual elements matter to you. It's just very specific, and I kind of, in my Wikipedia, (laughs) while I was in my Wikipedia rabbit hole about this, I did read a lot of things that made me, uh, like, appreciate the original more than I did before. I really knew anything about the inspiration and ideas behind it. But I guess what Dario Argento's vision for it was, was that he wanted to make it look like Disney's Snow White. Yeah. And Susie (laughs) Bannon was supposed to be a Snow White character. And a lot of the, the scale of the set like the huge doors and things like that. It's supposed to make her look like a child almost. Well, it was inspired by Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. It's like where he got that from. So a lot of it is like he took a lot of fairy tale elements and made it creepy, which I can appreciate. And yeah, the the story behind like the thought process is also interesting, but I don't think it's something you can go into blind and just like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I sort of had the same exposure to it when I was in college because my friend at the time was very much into just horror in general and she's like oh Dario Argento we gotta watch all those movies and she introduced us to Suspiria as the first one and it's clear like that would be the one that would stick out that would be the one that would get remade like all these years later and I watched it and I sort of remember being like oh weird (laughs) and then we watched you know we watched some of his other ones and I was like oh that's what this guy does 
Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say he's a one-trick pony, but he's got a handful of different things that he does, but he, yeah. he does them well. But the other thing is, like, if they did remake the other two movies in this trilogy that he claims he has, I didn't even realize that he was still alive. I thought oh, had, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was older. Like, I thought he was older. I thought he had passed. I thought I'd remember hearing that he'd passed or something. But one of his last movies that he made that was actually the third one in the trilogy was only just made in 2007, I think. Oh. So, like, it still would be weird if we've gotten to that point where they are remaking, like, movies that are made in 2007. Even yeah. though it's technically, like, it's been, what, 12 years? I mean, they've already been doing that. Yeah. They've remade so many horror movies that were, like, Cabin Fever, I think, I remade, and... Yeah. Something else, and I was like... It's not a remake, it's a reboot. Happened. It's a re- It's different, it's a reboot. No, it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, there's whole, there's whole other podcasts about how shitty reboots and remakes are. We don't have to be one of those podcasts. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That is what this whole thing is about, though. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is mostly me shitting on stuff. Like, every yeah. time I'm on here, I just, like, shit all over That would be a completely different podcast, and people would probably have to pay for it. That's true. And it would really need to be visual. Like, it couldn't really be a podcast. Yeah, you'd have your own website at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maddox, Maddox shits on stuff.com. <laughs> Sign up for your subscription. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, this train went off the tracks again. Uh, it usually does. It's, um, it's the Bud Light Limes. That's what did it. Going straight to our heads. Yeah, never again. Jesus. I've, I don't have scurvy anymore, but I'm talking about people shitting on the internet. It tastes like somebody melted a freeze pop and just like dumped it into my beer. It tastes like somebody who's been sucking on limes for 30 years of their lives peed in a bottle. Oh, you're done with yours. Why did you do this to me? Yeah. Oh, God. A quarter to go. It's okay. You're almost there. The bo- everybody uh. knows the bottom of a bottle of Bud Light is the best part. Oh. Thank you for the sponsorship, Bud Light. We really appreciate it. Um, okay, guys. Last, last remarks. Winding down. Any last impressions of the films? I know you guys love them so hard. I hated the second one so much. So you preferred the first one. You didn't like it that much, but you prefer it over the second one. Yes. I think I think Dahlia agrees with you. Yeah, Dahlia always agrees with me. She knows where <laughs> she has comes to. From. <laughs> she has to. All right, Chrissy, how about you? I think that there could be a perfect movie in there somewhere if you fused the right parts of both of them. Okay. So you can Franken-movie a perfect Suspiria yes, out of both I, of them. I think that it's there somewhere, but it obviously it doesn't exist now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that would be my critique overall, is that I think they were both missing something, mm-hmm. and I think the original had what the new one was missing, and vice versa. Okay. So you're saying that in the year 2038... I'm going to remake Suspiria third <laughs> They need time. to come out with the four-hour master Chrissy cut. Yes, exactly. That combines both. Fun. Okay, I can I can appreciate that. I'll be the first in line to buy the ticket for that one. Oh, no, you're on the crew, oh, obviously. Man. You're going to be Susie. Oh, that, I, I that makes wanted sense. to be Susie. You've been practicing ballet in your room all your life for this moment. It's true, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> when I talk to clients that work over the phone, they always like, really, your name's Anne? You sound like a Susie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, great. Well, uh, thank you guys for putting putting up with me for the last uh, however long we've been talking, and yeah, uh, setting some time aside to have this discussion about these movies, whether you liked them or not. I appreciate the feedback, and I appreciate your opinions, to a point. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought that was directed at me. <laughs> but yeah, again, thanks so much for, for tuning in to Fear Boners. And we have our special guests, Chrissy and Maddox, the witches from Salem, who aren't really from Salem, but they're probably running a ballet studio out in Salem that they're not telling anybody about. I fucking am now. <laughs> uh, well, if that's the case, let, let these fine people listening know where they can find out more about you if they want to stalk you online or sign up for your ballet classes. Maddox? Uh, so I have two. I have one that's perpetually lost photography that I am not going to spell. You can figure out how to Dictionary spell spelling. Again. It's fine. Uh, that is on Instagram. And then I also have shutter.siren on Instagram. Um, that's mostly where I'm active these days on the social media. So though I might start trolling Twitter just to like at you regarding how much I hate this movie. <laughs> well, you know, like a lot of your stuff more recently has been some of your burlesque photography. That now, is true. let me spin this one for you. Let me spin this yarn. <laughs> what if we had a, a Kickstarter or something to fund our own remake of Suspiria, but it's not a a a ballet or interpretive dance? It's a burlesque troupe, Suspiria. I mean, that I would definitely. That would be behind. cool. A witchy burlesque troupe. That would be pretty dope. Yes, I mean anything that involves like burlesque and witches and ridiculous amounts of blood I would be all over and flaccid penises exactly like from the movie <laughs> it has to be exactly like yes. the one we in the have movie. to so there's there's a, a troupe that I follow on Instagram I think they're out out of the Detroit area and they do everything this this cool show every Halloween that's uh, apparently called the theater bazaar and it's all like creepy and like the head of it is this guy named zombo he's a zombie clown and like it's always gory and weird and creepy and like i'm always watching it on instagram and it would be cool if we went to detroit and watched that that sounds pretty and then got abducted by witches even better <laughs> i would love to anything meet me some detroit witches <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i actually have friends out there we could probably crash with cool and what about you chrissy where can these people find out more about you um, in a lot of places, I guess. Um, the phone book? <laughs> the phone, I'm in the phone book. So I'm a photographer also, and my Instagram is the letters L and C kites, as in kites. L C kites, not L N C kites, right? Yes, yes. L letters L C kites. <laughs> Sounded like you put an N in there. I did. I said an L and a C. No, I know. <laughs> I was spelling it I out know. like a cheerleader. Like, give, give me, me an L. L. Yeah. Everyone is following this, right? Yeah. I mean, I figure <laughs> if I talk long enough, by the end of it, they'll have found me. Oh, we get paid by the word on this podcast. Great. Sweet. Good to know. I'm going to keep it going then. <laughs> um, so yeah, Elsie Kites Photo on Instagram. My website, I'm doing all kinds of weird rebranding where I'm changing my name a thousand times. Ooh, okay. Uh, basically what happened was I just wanted to be more hidden because I was teaching for a while. Mm. And I didn't want my little friends finding me on social <laughs> media. Because that's all they want to do is find their teachers on social yeah. media yes. and like see what they're up to. And I was <laughs> not having it. But I'm not teaching anymore. So I'm reverting back to using Screw my Screw those kids. Yeah, I'm like, uh, well, they're all in college now. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my website is actually chrissykites.com. 
And yeah, that's I think that. Anybody has any weddings? If you planned. if you're getting hitched anytime soon, hit me up. Hitched or ditched? Hitched or ditched? I can do I divorces you, you know. too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Different mean, kind of ditch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't love agree? that joke. Everybody. Oh man. Too many Bud Light limes. I'll go right to Definitely your head. Definitely don't man. have scurvy. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Dahlia, to being a real champ and not barking or farting or doing anything that dogs do. She in... barely thumped her tail. It's true. Mm-hmm. She's been good. She's, uh, you know, those tranks really work to charm. <laughs> uh, and yes, thank you so much to tuning in, uh, our, our regular listeners, and thank you to our brand new listeners, whoever you are out there on the internet. Uh, this has been Fear Boners, presented by the Down to Front Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. I'm here with... Chrissy and Maddox, and we will be back soon to bitch about some other movie that we may or may not like. (laughs) (laughs) And if you like what you've heard, you can find more over on downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page over on facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. You can also email the Down In Front guys directly at thecrew at downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have a YouTube channel where we post some of our video teasers as well as full episodes. You can look for us on there. We also have the Gamescast over on Twitch where sometimes you'll see Bryland or maybe Warren and myself playing some Monster Hunter or Spider-Man or what have you, just shooting the shit. You can find that over at twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. We also have an Instagram where we post a lot of the art from our episodes, the title pages, as well as links directly to the episodes. You can follow us there to keep you up to date. All of these places, as well as Twitter at underscore DIFP or at FearBonersDIFP, we will constantly keep you updated with new content when we release new things. Or you can also go back and look at our back catalog. We're well over 100 episodes at this point, so there's so much listening for you. If it's a new movie, if it's an old movie, classic movie, we have an episode for you at this point that you're probably going to want to listen to if you haven't already heard it. And also, also, also... You guys have heard me say this a few times already, but goes without saying, we love you. We love having this ongoing conversation, and we do it absolutely for free. But if for any reason you feel like you'd love to contribute and help us make sure that we get this content out to you on time, then take a look over at Patreon at patreon.com backslash down in front podcast you can potentially sign up to uh, dedicate a dollar, five dollars a month, what have you. Even a dollar helps. Like an Arizona iced tea, the price is on the can. Every little bit helps us to get this content out to you on time, fresh, and delivered to your ears, whether it be on your lunch break, on your commute to work, from work, what have you. We'd love to have you listen to us wherever you are, even if it's on the toilet. That doesn't bother us. Just don't tell us about it. So anyway, thanks again for listening. We'll be back sooner rather than later. And as always... Keep it creepy and stay spooky, dear listeners. Mm-hmm.